podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Burning Questions podcast here on Fancy Football Scout, the episode where today we're going to be doing midfielders and we'll hope to answer that sort of question of which midfielders to, to not have today. Andy is not with me, so again, I get my pick of the guests and uh, Luke, I'm sure you're all aware of, is also smashing it this season. So welcome on, enjoying the break. You ready for the Christmas period of FPL? Bring it on, man. Bring it on. This is uh, this is where we shine, isn't it? Or our favourite part of it, because it's just so thick and fast. I absolutely yeah. hate the break. So maybe you don't, because you do quite a lot of content, right? So maybe enjoy the break a bit. But for me, or for like people who don't do that much content, these are painful. These breaks, yeah. like I can't wait for it to come back into fruition. I, the first two in the year, I don't mind, but by the third international break, when there's only like four game weeks in between them, I am fully ready for the football to come back. Like the first couple of days of the international break, I'm like, oh, this is all right. This is nice. And then when the weekend comes and I'm, you know, dragged to do you know, this sort of stuff and like go away for the weekend, you know, have to see family and friends and all that. And there's no football to check along the way. I, I'm ready for it to come back next weekend. And then, yeah, we've got, I think it's like seven game weeks or eight game weeks in 35 days or something so yeah lots to lots to talk about lots to happen over the next uh couple of weeks so um yeah if someone in the chat could just let us know that audio i did check it but if someone could just let us know that audio is all working fine that would be great so just to start let's have a look at game week um game week 12 which feels like a while ago now you have another strong game week, 82 points, up to 30k in the world. Must be pretty happy with both last week and the season so far. Yeah, it's been going pretty well. Um, it's, it's been fine. Obviously, there's, I don't know about you, but I'm always like a pessimist. I feel like I could have done better at certain points, but yeah. I can't I can't sort of turn away from, from 30k. I, I mean, I take that at the beginning of the season all day. It's so hard to get right up there these days. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a very good rank and I am happy with it. This week and the week before, obviously, I recently went no Haaland. I did it mm. in my um, wildcard in game week eight. Um, so I've been on sort of a one strategy all season. So I started with Haaland with no Salah. Obviously, Salah yeah. was still doing great between game weeks one and eight. Um, but I couldn't make it work for my team. Switched around. Um, that's gone pretty well. Like the, since the wildcard, I've, I've flown up and I've, I've gone even higher. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's definitely worked out. But I would say over that period, as, as we've all seen, Haaland's probably done maybe even better than expected. I guess with the Bournemouth game, I've obviously got very lucky in that game where he went off injured because he could have completely yeah. destroyed me there. Um, but outside that, I think he's probably overachieved in the Man United and the um, uh, the Chelsea games a little bit. I mean, I know he can do that because he's Haaland, but I think maybe yeah. a couple of a couple of soft penalties, like an assist where he didn't even know anything about it, like <laughs> things that happen in fact. Yeah. Football, right? So so he's done probably as well as he can. And then I think some of my picks that I've had in, in their place that have done fine, like Zinchenko obviously scored a goal, could you have got a clean sheet? I mean, I've got Raya and Zinchenko home to Sheffield mm-hmm. United. You want a clean sheet there, don't you? And you, you don't get it. So it feels like you've been a little bit even hard done by it. And then yeah. I guess Trent's not really matched Simicast, paying double the money. Mm-hmm. Darwin has, has been doing a Darwin uh, pretty much all season. You know, looks looks amazing in terms of points potential. Um, you know, scored two offside goals marginally. So it felt like it, it could have gone even better, but yeah, absolutely fine. And um, ended up with, I think it was 82 points. Yeah, it feels 82. like so it feels. It was a little yeah. while ago now, so I can't even remember. But yeah, decent overall. Um, how did you get on? Yeah, so 77 uh, for me. I am on the Gabriel painful train that it seems to be at the moment. And I went on Livermento this week. Um, 
And actually, as international break has gone on, like when it happened and I saw him get benched, I was like that Saturday night and that Sunday, I was raging at myself for making that decision. <laughs> and I know it's hindsight, but the more I looked at it, I was like, this is awful. Like my future transfers, which were Matoma and Diaby to Embuemo and Saka, I now don't have enough money for. Um, so I need another transfer there. Um but with Botman looking like he, you know, the reports sound like he's not going to be that far away. So like he's training now, isn't he? And he sounds like he might be back at some point over the Christmas period. It just means that the LaSalle's pick is probably going to be an issue at, at some point over the Christmas period anyway. So it doesn't feel quite as horrendous as maybe as it did. And I know that he's going to start Chelsea at least. Um my midfield is like, so looking at your team, I think we spoke about it before. It feels like Haaland is where your next transfers are going to go and your midfield looks pretty set. But for a lot of us, like my midfield is where I'm looking at a lot of my transfers over the next couple of weeks. Like a few people asking already, like I've got Matoma, who now looks like he's not going to play even the Forest game. Um, I mean, I've got two transfers. I got money in the bank, so I'm quite happy to sell him. But yeah, um, that was, is fine. Up to, you know, another green arrow there. Um, yeah, pretty pretty happy with it I would say it's, it feels like a hard season there hasn't been that much consistency from players and, and players doing well in games that you won't necessarily expect them Haaland I kept on my wild card as you say those those three games if you'd have told me that Haaland would get you know four goals and two assists or whatever it was across those three games you probably would have taken it but you probably would have expected most of it to come in the in the Bournemouth game um, which was the I think the one week I captained him so uh, yeah but yeah, I can't complain about it. My defence is probably where people look at it. It looks a little bit weak as well right now. But I'm happy I kept Simicast because now like, he doesn't feel like a problem. I know Gomez was out, but the way that the narrative went, that he was suddenly such an issue, that it now feels a little bit more reassuring that I've still got him. Mm. I do think he is, maybe I'm more on the side where I wouldn't say he's an issue because... Um... Everyone who's got like a Salah and a Haaland team has to pretty much have a sheep defense. Yeah. And like amongst the sheep defenders, he's definitely in like the top picks in the game. Like yeah. there's no question for me. So I don't think he's an issue, but I would still say that, um, you know, if Gomez is fit, for example, versus Man City, mm. not that I'm, I'm guessing you would probably look to bench him in that game anyway. Um, yeah, I wouldn't play you know, him. Well, yeah, you, you thought maybe Gomez would get the game, but you, the games that you're going to play him, which, you know, Fulham, Sheffield, Crystal Palace and stuff. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to look into the gaps between and maybe there's that might be an issue where it's very close. But those are the games that you want to start a player like Simicass. And yeah. you know, he's got, he potentially is gold when he's actually on the pitch. So mm. yeah, decent pick. He's one of those players that it depends how you watch football. I've I posted about this. If I watch football using my FPL brain, I think Simicass is a great pick. If I watch football using like, just watching it as a football fan, I, I don't think he's very good, but he's great for FPL, but I don't think he's a very good defender, which is where the concern about his minutes comes from, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And obviously he's quite a slight frame, isn't he? And then when you've mm. got, I think in particular, like in past seasons, Simicast played every time Robertson didn't. Um, and that was because of the, the formation, the way they set up with the fullbacks bombing or almost becoming wingers, um, yeah. pushing right up the pitch. And now that we all know that they kind of do this inversion thing with Trent going into midfield. Mm. And therefore Simicast doesn't really yeah. suit that if they're going to do that. So they're kind of doing like a bit of a hybrid. He's kind of doing a li that a little bit, but then still like almost a classic back four at the moment. But then Trent still goes in. So it's kind yeah. of a little bit all over the place. That's where the nerves come from with, with mm. Simicast because he's, Obviously not quite as good as that as doing that. And, and although Robertson's good at that, I wouldn't say that's his best position either to be like a third centre-back. No. So it's like a longer-term issue for Liverpool, if anything, how they're going to yeah. sort that. Yeah, true. Um, just, I suppose, before we do the mids and we start talking about them, it's probably worth just covering off, like, there's a lot of injuries at the moment. Um, so particularly, like, 
Bowen's flagged, Matoma's flagged. Bowen, Bowen's an interesting one. I feel like we don't. It sounds like um, we well, we hope he's going to be okay. But given that the next game could have been a good time for Bowen to get a cap, it maybe doesn't feel quite as obvious that it's an international break injury. Matoma, we heard reports today that he's unlikely to be fit for Forest, so Matoma is a sell. I'm hopeful Bowen is going to play, but he's like the most transferred in player for the past like three game weeks, or he's up there. So a lot of us will be hoping on Bowen. Um, are you thinking they're just international break ones? I mean, no, I mean, it's far too early to say, isn't it? Because all, yeah. all we've got is that he's been sent home. Um, so, I mean, he's definitely picked up an injury. So I wouldn't say, when we say international break injury, I think we we sort of do it in inverted commas, like the yeah. classic, or oh, we've got a, maybe a little bit of a knock, maybe of an excuse to rest this person, you know, not really needed um, situation. Whereas with him, he was clearly fine and fit when he went there, yeah. went to England duty, like you say, probably looking forward to actually playing in this dead rubber um, yeah. tonight. And then has clearly picked up something where he can't play. So to then uh, not send him home. He didn't even go, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, so he's just stayed at home. So, you know, how, how bad that knock is, no one knows until we get the information, unfortunately. Mm. So I'd say it's a really bad time for it to happen because he's kind of one of those, I mean, the fixtures are great for West Ham for a little while. You, yeah. Everyone knows that he's he's a player that pretty much plays every minute when he's available, which is kind of what people are looking for. Um, I've got him in my team as well. So I'm just going to have to play it by ear, hit what we hear at the end of the day. Uh, the one thing I think we're all, we're all com- comfortably say is, if he is able to play, then he will play. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we just have to wait for news, I guess. And if it becomes an issue, we'll have to take him out. But I hope not. Yeah, particularly with Antonio being out, right? Because that puts, well, whether you th- well, he's, his returns, I saw someone post about it. His return, like, percentage is pretty good up front. Um, he's returned in just over 50% of games when he's played up front. It's like a 12-game sample size. And just under 50% when he's played on the wing. So it's not massively different. Um, but I suppose it's just, you know another little boost that he will probably be playing slightly further forward with Antonio out. But yeah, of course, one to wait on. Matoma looks like a little bit more of an issue. Haaland sounds like he's going to be absolutely fine. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So um, as we go into it, just what we've got up on screen now is the fixtures for the next six game weeks. So we spoke about this last week when we looked at defenders, but the reason a lot of us are looking to make potential midfield transfers are a lot of the teams that we've got midfield investment or attacker investment are now moving towards the bottom of the fixture ticker. So if you've got your City attackers, they've now got, I suppose, Liverpool, Spurs, Villa in the next three. You've got Chelsea, you know, slightly down at the bottom and they're getting better towards game week 16. Brentford are down at the bottom, but again, that's because they have a blank. But a few of those others, right? So we've got Aston Villa being the big one. So a lot of us with Derby. You've got Brighton having a difficult run coming up as well. I suppose the difficult thing is right now, the ones at the top are not necessarily the ones that we want to go and invest it in, but there are a lot of nice fixture runs coming up, particularly Brentford. It's just the the blank that waits them a little bit. Well, you know, naturally not having a fixture will put you at the bottom of the fixture ticker. Um, we spoke about this last week, not loads to talk about. Arsenal in there as well, sort of mid-table. Yeah, there's probably not loads to, that jumps out. In terms of in terms of this, um, I suppose the the question for you, Luke, are being our Manchester City guy. Are there any Man City fixed? Sorry, Man City midfielders that you're that you'd look at, or is it is it Haaland or Bus for you still? Um, well, for me personally, it's probably still Haaland or Bus. But I think yeah. that you can go to Foden's kind of nailed down that right wing spot. Um, mm. So I think he's a fine pick if it, if you're looking at like a longer period. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously we know this, these things can evolve, but they 
they don't really have another right winger. You know, Bernardo Silva can play there. But he plays there in the big games where he has, and now he's moved more inside and he's playing very well there. So I'd be very surprised if they then move Bernardo back out to the right. And then Doku, who was obviously, I think, brought in to probably be a right winger and started off at right wing, has, has performed much better at left wing and that coincided with Grealish's injury. Yeah. So um, unless he has designs to move Doku back over, Foden's kind of locked that position down, so mm-hmm. to speak. So, you know, if you're looking again over the long period, Foden probably plays uh, the vast majority of the games. However... Like if you've got an eye on the double, um, if it does happen in twenty, um, yeah, I kind of like Doku because I think he'll, he's more likely to play. Well, he's probably just as likely to play as Foden, but he's probably a better pick for me in a, yeah. in a home game versus Sheffield. I just wouldn't want to bring Doku in now because I think, well, first of all, the Liverpool and the Spurs game to probably and even the Villa game are a little bit tougher, and, and he's clearly in a battle with Grealish at the moment, so it's yeah. not one you wish to go to now, in my opinion. Yeah, I suppose you add the blank in there as well, right? That if you're if yeah. if all of us are going to have Haaland, we're all going to have. Mbwemo, if you're not going to free hit in the blank, it becomes quite difficult to add a, another option on there, especially with the fixtures and when you're not certain of the minutes that they're going to get. So the other thing, so fixture ticker wise, there's not much more to report that we've already spoken about over the past couple of weeks. But what does start to become a little bit more important is the spacing of the fixtures that the teams have. So what we've got up on screen now is those fixtures from now until game week 20 so until the beginning of January which which teams have a larger break so you've got Manchester City right at the top you can see that their congestion from game weeks well really from game week 13 all the way until game week 17 in particular there is a reasonable amount of congestion in there they've got Champions League they've got League Cup in there as well so maybe that League Cup does feel like a lot of the teams are are going to rotate but yeah, there was a lot of congestion there, which is why when you look at someone like Chelsea, for example, like Cole Palmer, you might feel a little bit more assured when we go on to talk about some of the key assets that you've got in there. But yeah, Arsenal, City, I suppose it's the Champions League teams in particular, right? Those are the ones that have that extra Champions League fixture and it is and still in the cup as well. They have a lot of games to play over the next month and a half. Yeah. One thing I'll say there is if any of those become a dead rubber, because for Man City, some of mm-hmm. them could become a dead rubber and therefore they wouldn't need to field their, their playing players. Yeah. Um, uh, just another note on that, I would say that um, if people are expecting, therefore, Haaland to get a rest in the Champions League because he's not needed in the game, I don't I don't necessarily think that'll be the case because yeah. Pep, Pep has a tendency to play a stronger team than you'd expect in most cup games, like including League Cup games and Champions League. I don't doubt that he would use the Champions League game to give him a bit of a rest, but um, Haaland's Champions League record's absolutely insane, and these are like gimmies for him for some of these games. So I mm. wouldn't be surprised if he even started games and then came off early, or vice versa, was on the bench and was brought yeah. on just because he wants to get the games. But I think he'll be fine over that period. I mean, we're assuming he's fit at this point as well, aren't we? But Yeah, yeah exactly. Arsenal as well, they're top of their group, right? One more win next midweek and they will be I think through top of their group so again that means that their PSV game in a few weeks will be a lot easier the other one the ones that it is difficult for right United they have to win both basically have to win both their remaining games not massively invested in but I think the key one here probably that I call out is Newcastle we saw them be look pretty tired and not quite themselves against Bournemouth just before the break if they want to stay in the Champions League, they basically have to go and win their two remaining games. If they want to stay in Europe at all, they basically have to go and get points from their two remaining games, which means the European rest that we might hope for, for the likes of Haaland, you know, Salas, etc. Liverpool won't, and they don't have the squad depth at the moment not to do it either, which I suppose means the concern about Newcastle's game week 12 performance might continue for the next few. And the, the fixtures are not 
are not easy there for them, right? Chelsea, United, Spurs, all in the next three as well. So feels like Newcastle might be in for a continued little bit of a tired run. Yeah, I think the squad depth's the important part there. Anyone can have like a one-off bad game, right? Newcastle mm. have been pretty amazing in virtually every game they've played this season, including, was it versus PSG the first time? Yeah. I played really well in four, that game. Yeah, 4-0 um, for one, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that's fine. I think the when they when they've got this many injuries, it you know it does start to take its toll a bit. But I wouldn't be surprised if they just um, started to churn out the results again because the data is very good. They're a very good team, and, and like I say, any team can just look like they've had a bit of an off day. That can happen to anyone at any point. So I wouldn't like go so far as to say um, they're in trouble. But I no. guess the longer it goes on, you know, if they get battered by Chelsea, then they lose to PSG, then you probably have to start questioning you know, how good are the replacements and, and, and stuff like that. But I think in general in football, like losing players is obviously a big problem. Spurs are another team that have lost a lot of players, but we put a little bit too much emphasis on just how uh, much of a factor that is because um, these teams are extremely well drilled. You know, they're, yeah. the, they're set up and the way that they approach the games um, is, is probably even more important in a lot of situations. I mean, we can see that when managers change and it, it completely changes the team around despite having the same set of players available. So the players of course make a difference but probably not as much as we will instinctively put the weight on them yeah yeah like Lascelles come in for Botman and they've been fine for example and Lascelles yeah. is nowhere near as good as a player as Botman no. I would suggest no it's true and Livermento's come in oh wait it's Lewis Hall um, <laughs> he looks a good player though Livermento doesn't he it? does as a, as a Chelsea fan it's both great and painful to see them doing so well but for another <laughs> club um, cool I suppose the others that is obvious, right? The ones without Europe, they naturally have better spacing. Um, it's the game weeks 14, 15, 16, and then 18, 19, 20 is where we get the the, the quick turnarounds for, for a lot of those teams who see red and you see, you know, yellow fixture swings for them. They might be teams naturally less well-placed to play that often. We saw it with some teams at the end of last season that, you know, when they play three times a week. Well, we saw it with Newcastle when they did it first, right? We saw like Isaac Wilson, Isaac Wilson, and it's probably mm. something, that, you know, the reason that it puts us off them at the moment, although Wilson being out for as four to six weeks makes Isaac an interesting differential at, at the moment. But yeah, when you look at particularly like this Chelsea, we'll talk about Spurs because performance-wise, not great, but fixture-wise, you'd expect very little, well, less rotation for them or less risk than some of the other teams we've got up at the top, right? Yeah, and I think a lot of it, I mean, it's all good trying to look forward and predict who's going to play what games, and that's fine, but we will get that wrong because we don't have all the information. So we yeah. can we can all make suggestions, like you, you had the Liberamento thing, for example, and, and we've all gone through things like that in the past. And we can sit here and say, oh, this player suits this game tactically and rally rather, but at the end of the day, those minutes are managed by like the physio teams mm -hmm. and Knox, other things in training that we just do not have access to the information. So for me, the sort of overriding factor is yes you can look at these players that historically play 90 minutes or on pennies which we're all trying to do across this period and I think probably should be doing full stop anyway but yeah. on, on top of that you kind of just want as strong a 15 as you can so you can avoid those situations where you have to take hits and and completely change around your team mm -hmm. so that's really hard with a Salah and Haaland, Haaland team that's why I've opted against that for now but I think if you have got the team value and you got on those players early and there are lots of players like the Palmers and, and stuff that have made it made it more easy yeah. Um, just making sure all of your players are kind of active is going to be really useful because I don't doubt we're going to get, you know, particularly in like midweek game, I think it's 15 is the midweek game, isn't it? Um, uh, I think it goes 14, 15, 16. Yeah, 15, 15 midweek and 19 so. as well. It's, historically, we've seen that like those midweek games can be quite uh, ropey for teams because mm. it's so close and they're like the middle, the middle game. So 
um, yeah, just having 15 players or as close to as you can is probably going to help you because we all know what it's like. We get we do get little bits of information these days and leaks and stuff that come forward as well. So maybe we'll get enough where it will say, oh, you know, these two players are a doubt. And if you've just got those players sitting there, you don't have to mm. suddenly react and throw bin uh, plans in the bin because you've got to take someone out and, and yada yada. So yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to try to do over that period and, and hope it works out because we could just get unlucky. You know, Matoma was one recently. I think people said that, you know, he's yeah. likely to play all the games for Brighton and maybe he could have a rest in this one. But no one truly knew whether he would get a rest and lo and behold, he gets it and then gets injured. So, um, yeah. Wasn't ideal for me, but yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I look at my squad and think it's not nearly set up well enough for that for that Christmas period, right? My bench is like Taylor, Archer and then probably Livermento with Simicassi in there as well. So probably something, yeah, I'm looking at those. At least they play though. Well, if Livermento starts, at least they play, right? Yeah. At least there's that because there's some people who've got players who just flat out do not yeah. play or come on for 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, true. Although having a Burnley defender, the more I look at it, the more I thought <laughs> that just, yeah, they look I think, like they're um, never going to keep a clean sheet. Game week 14 is his time to shine, isn't it? Home to Sheffield United or is your team already decent in that week? But that, that could be the time uh, where he comes in. I know like Sim- I think a lot of my defenders like Simicas has got Fulham that week. Gabriel's got a decent fixture and then I've got Cash as well. Um, so I might sell Cash wow. this week, but I think it's unlikely. But so he might not even get in my team. Yeah, might fair. Well, we might team. come in anyway, as we just discussed. Yeah, <laughs> true. Cool. Yeah. So one thing, of course, when you're picking, picking attackers naturally you want to pick a player so we'll get into the individuals in a moment just to look at like who the best attacks are in the league so you're not just wanting to pick players who are good on their own but if you pick a player from a team that are likely to score more goals naturally you might end up with with more points as a result so just to start off we've got teams ranked by xg so far this season liverpool up at the top chelsea interestingly second are actually i think the second biggest underperformer behind manchester united so far this season then it's Manchester City, then a lot of the others that we've spoken about in Aston Villa, Newcastle, Brentford and Arsenal. Interestingly, Spurs fall a little bit lower down the list, only 19 expected goals and have overperformed their data um, so far this season. So, I mean, we'll talk about Son in a little bit more detail, but Liverpool feels like as you've gone with Darwin, Salah on his own is great, but they are the team that are expected to score the most goals so far this season. It it's just hard to pick the second one is the issue with them. And it feels like that for Chelsea, for City as well. There is like one clear standout. It's if you can, if you can nail down the second one, the, the whole potential and the potential for massive gains is there, but it's just, yeah, deciding who that second one is going to be. You've gone with Darwin. We spoke about it a little with City. Chelsea, it feels like there are a few that you could go with, but people are very worried about what Nkunku is going to do to that, that Chelsea lineup. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think, I mean, yes, it's good that Liverpool's team date is great, but if you're not happy that the players will play all the minutes and it doesn't work yeah. for the team, then you just have to turn a blind eye to it. We've been doing it for years for City, haven't we? Um, yeah. And it's probably the future of FPL where, you know, the more the more these these top teams have got such good players on the bench ready to come in that there's mm. almost no difference, um, you know, it's going to happen. So I think we're, the Salahs of this world aren't, aren't going to be around too much longer, to be honest. Um so, yeah, we kind of have to treasure him, I guess. But in terms of that second level, yeah, I've gone for Darwin. I, I'm aware that, I know, I, I was confident that he was now the first choice striker and he was going to play the vast majority. So yeah. I'm not stupid enough to think that means that he's going to play every single game. Um, like, for example, this week versus Man City, especially with the um, the international games, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's, if he's benched. Um, in fact, I've kind of planned for him to be benched. But 
I think such of his, his big performance has been that good in terms of for yeah. the team and they're working well with Salah. There's even a chance that maybe he starts trumping it. And if he, if he starts after an international versus Man City, where you would probably favour, um, you know, Gakpo. pressure and off the ball yeah. stuff, which Jota and Gakpo could do or hold up play, probably arguably better. And that, to me, completely signposts that he his faith in Darwin is is untouched. But I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play that game. The reason I've got him is for the games to come. Mm. I, I think the Diaz situation is quite unfortunate. So I do think he's probably first choice on that left wing. And then obviously yeah. we know what happened with with his family and stuff. And that's obviously not knocked everything back. Um, but that doesn't mean that it won't change. And he'll, he'll sort of um, come back into fruition for these games that are coming up. So I think he might be another one to go. It's just, I mean, we talked about it. When you start bringing in players like Darwin and Diaz and there's these other midfield options that we're going to look mm-hmm. to that are more seen as talent and you, you're starting to play with fire uh, yeah. you know, especially if your bench isn't in order so it's probably a little bit too risky for me to, to mm-hmm. do that now outside of maybe Darwin if you can afford it yeah the other team that stands out that I've got a, a pain point with at the moment is Arsenal I, to be what are they seventh in the league for expected goals so far this season their, their data although it's only 12 games into the season mm. it's just not where it was last season I don't have Saka in my team and I still plan on buying him but I do look at their performances now they have been unlucky with Jesus being out Odegaard being out then Jesus being out again there is a little bit of sort of unrest in that front line that's definitely not going to help and it's only I suppose four expected goals less than some of those teams that we've got at the top but I think even watching them they don't necessarily feel like they're clicking I I personally put it down to, to Odegaard quite a lot he's not looked quite himself and he's been injured for a fair few games hence why I still still like Saka and their fixtures coming up are decent plus you know right we're going into Christmas Saka he may get a knock but they roll him out every week right which is the the boost we get with him but that's the Mm -hmm. only one like between last international break and this one including Burnley and Sheffield United both at home he put up one XGI over four games Saka which is a which is not great particularly when he's got two of those great fixtures in there. It is a very small sample for games, but they they don't look quite the same. They haven't found it quite as they did last season. No, no. And I, I mean, I'm not the keenest on Saka at the moment, but I think what you nailed it there by saying what, what Saka's going to play. And the issue is like, there's almost hidden value in the fact that you kind of just leave him in and you get, you chip away at pieces and that's not, he's done pretty well in terms of points wise this season. Mm. Let's not forget. And then, so, yeah, if you said to me, like, oh, right, home to Burnley, yeah, Nketiah starting up front or whatever, would I prefer him more? Saka, like, for that one game, I'd like Nketiah, but then I don't know whether he starts the next one. Yeah. And then I have to make transfers and I have to switch my team around. And that's where that um, value is kind of hidden, right? Because you're messing around doing doing all that sort of business, whereas yeah. you can just leave Saka in there. So that's kind of his hidden value. But they've scored four goals over their XG as well there. So they're even over, overperforming what their data says, mm. which is pretty bad. But... I come back to the fact that you said it's a twelve-game week sample. Yeah. Any team in any team team in world football can just not look that good for a set period. And we're talking about world-class players with world-class backups with a top manager. Um, I don't doubt that they will find a way to sort it out eventually, and it will start to come. If you start reacting to, you know, what's happened in the last sort of ten, twelve games all the time, then it can it can get you in trouble pretty strongly. I mean, Man City, mm-hmm. Arsenal, everyone have kind of underperformed a little much and a little yeah. way, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that kicks on, um, regardless of who they've got available. Yeah. I think I, I do agree though. Odegaard has probably not has been it was their creative hub and it's not really worked out, so they kind of need to sort that situation. But mm-hmm. I think they will. Yeah, cool. 
So apparently Odegaard missed out through concussion protocol. That's yeah. why. So he got hit by a ball and they were worried about... I saw a tweet about it. He yeah. got hit in the face in training and he was at um, protocol yeah. for, what is it, 10 days or 14 yeah. days or whatever it is. So that's why he yeah. missed Champions League weekend and then all the international break as well. So That's the yeah. rumour, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So what we've got up here, which is what we'll, we'll just leave up now while we go to talk about some of them, is uh, all midfield as well, top 20 that we've got here ranked by XGI so far this season total, right? So there are players who've played less minutes. They've missed games. So we see like, uh, where is he? Matoma being a little bit lower down again, based on minutes. Eze, because of his injury, being a little bit lower down. And, and Neto as well. Um, I think the first thing to to say in here is number five is, is Cole Palmer. A lot of people in the chat are talking about him. At 5.2 million. Now it is, there is penalty bias in there, but you buy a penalty player because he's on penalties, right? It is you don't have Cole Palmer and it doesn't sound like you're necessarily going to find a route for him unless you sell Salah. Is 5.2 just too good to turn down before we look at the rest of the list? Um, yeah, for most teams. like I can't see a reason why yeah. you wouldn't have him. Even if it's like a situation where you've got so much money, he's like your first bench midfielder or something every week and you're playing three up front. Mm. Like there's, there's pretty much no reason to not have him, I would suggest. Um yeah, it's just it's too good a value for someone in the front three of a team, at least on attacking data, that is right near the top. Yeah. Um, and with those you know, fixtures we've got as well, like those yeah, from 16 come, right? onwards, yeah. Mm -hmm. He might he might get one bench here or there, but I think mm. you could label that at literally everyone. You, know, you, could, you could even label that to Salah, maybe he gets one. And like I say, you can't plan for that to necessarily happen. Mm. Um, I, I would be surprised that even in the game he gets benched, he wouldn't come on, which can be annoying, but... Um, you know he, he can still do he can still do decent in that time yeah definitely like his people's opinion of him will have gone up because he's had those four penalties like yeah. in casual circles but the fact he has got the penalties at least for now and the fact that his data without the penalties is still strong yeah um it's just a complete no-brainer to, to have him in your team mm -hmm. pretty much yeah yeah i just look at my team and i think i could you know go for the midfield which is like salason uh saka bowen and buemo and i think i feel like i'm just leaving him out when he's such like enabler, what it allows you to do elsewhere, I feel like he's not going to underperform the rest of them by nearly enough for it to be. Mm, it's um, a question of value across your whole yeah. eleven, right? Exactly that. So even if he's slightly worse in your mind across some of those midfielders, like the difference between um, maybe a defender upgrade or a forward upgrade or whatever, will we'll probably yeah. make that up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like the difference. I know it's a difference between like Trippier or no Trippier to me. So. I look at that and think with some of their fixtures coming up and just help sorting my defence out, it feels like a, a bit of a no-brainer. So, I mean, to briefly cover up the one in the top four that we probably are not massively considering, which is Bruno. Uh, uh, someone who continues to underperform his data. He feels like he's done it for a long time now. Again, got that goal against Fulham, which, you know, he's probably not that fortunate that goal went in, but not fortunate to get returned then blank against last week. It's Everton away this week and I wouldn't be want to be the team playing against Everton this week. That is for absolute certainty. Um, it feels like at 8.3, it's just it's just too much. Before we go on to the assets that we're really considering, given the fixtures coming up are getting a little bit tougher, is there any of you from a more data point of view that would consider buying Bruno at the moment? I wouldn't be looking to buy him at the moment. Um I do think he's a great option. I think uh, the above average guys did a pod recently, and you know, for for bonus, he is fantastic mm. in the underlying numbers. We we'll pretty much take Man United don't score a lot of goals, 
Um, and although they can get clean sheets, it's not all that often. So he's kind of the perfect player to literally one return will give him bonus. So his returns are worth more. Um, you know, those returns haven't come all that often, but they're there. And obviously we just said about penalties, you know, he, who knows Bruno could just go on a five game stretch of penalties. Like it does happen. So yeah. I think he's an absolutely fine pick. And we just thought it's about Christmas. You know, he's, if there's any player out there, he's probably going to play all the minutes. Bruno Fernandes is yeah. definitely going to throw his name in the ring there. So yeah, he is a fine pick. I just don't think there's any reason to sort of jump out and get him because the fixtures aren't quite there. Like the mm -hmm. Everton game should be okay, could be okay. That home Bournemouth game, I think it is in 16. 16. Yeah, yeah, that that could that could be decent. But the real time for me to get him is sort of 21, 22 onwards. Yeah, even tw even 20 maybe for the Forest game. But from that point onwards, 21, 22, that'll be a time where people will jump to him because we'll have Imbomo. Um, and Salah and Son all missing because of cups as well. So suddenly you'll have a lot of money around in midfield. Yeah. Going on international duty. Uh, Bruno walks into some really good fixtures. Like Wolves, West Ham, Luton, Fulham, mm. for example. Um, and yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if people start turning around to him at that point. Yeah, that's interesting around around Afcon, right? Yeah. So Salah, so Afcon and Asia Cup. Yeah. Asia Cup. Yeah. So first Salah, second Abuemo, sixth Son. Again, feel like it's, uh, yeah, we'll be looking for Bruno back at that point. If Manchester United look at a little bit better than they do now. The other one, I suppose, along with Palmer. So second in this list is, is Mbwemo. Again, at 6.8 million, just feels like such good value given their fixtures that it's worth accepting the blanking 18, given how good their fixtures are and that they might double in in 18 there are people that will look at the likes of Eze for example at a slightly cheaper price to go you know as an alternative to him even Raheem Sterling but when you look at the data it's possible that he outscores all of those even with one less game it feels like yeah he's just a, he's another one who's on the no-brainer list he's been yeah. on the no-brainer list since, since game week one in my opinion and uh, you know a player that performed that well at the back end of last season without Tony as well I'm surprised he wasn't even more looked at I guess there's mm -hmm. just a lot of options but He's definitely gone on to achieve more than even I anticipated. Um, but I just think he's literally everything you want in a player. And I know he can be frustrating to watch sometimes because there'll be a period yeah. where he might play on the right wing or right wing back. But that's where you've got to almost switch off your brain and your itis because it's, yeah. it's not it's not really relevant, you know, the next game. Uh, inversely as well, like when he plays the harder games, he's, he's usually up front, um, you know, because they play in a front two in the harder game. So, mm. you know, like a game this week versus Arsenal, like you wouldn't necessarily want to go out and buy him for a game versus probably the best defence in the league, but he's playing up front with penalties. So there's, there's he could easily return in this game. Um, and that, that, that run afterwards is so good. Yeah. That I just think it's just an obvious, it's an obvious pick. Yeah. So I've got Matoma and I was like, oh, I could keep it. I, to be before, to be fair, even before Matoma was injured, going away to Forest, whereas Mbwemo being home to Arsenal, I didn't think there was that much between them anyway. Um, so now that Matoma looks like he's a pretty major doubt for that game, it feels like a pretty self-explanatory switch between the two of them. Um, we spoke about it before. Your sort of main route to um, get Haaland back is is selling Salah. Naturally, a list like this is maybe not exactly what you want to see when you're considering selling him and his minutes over the um, course of the season. I suppose it goes with, with Son. Is is there any route that you have to, to Haaland that involves selling Son instead of Salah? And would you, would you consider that? Or do you think that Salah's fixtures that he's had over the past few weeks have boosted his numbers enough that you're happy with what you can do elsewhere. Son's an interesting one. Just the, I know it's it's a very short time frame, but Spurs without some of their key players 
it's just the impact that we think that's going to have on him at 9.7 million when you look at you know Saka you look at Palmer you look at Mbwemo you look at Bowen for example all at considerably cheaper prices across the board that I'm considering taking Son out and maybe I'm trying to create a narrative that allows me to do that but not being massively convinced by them yeah I think that's just you said it there about the narrative it's it's because he's taking up a lot of your budget and obviously stopping you from being flexible. And this is why it's very um, team dependent, I guess. Yeah. Um, for me, I've got no reason to sell Sun unless I want Salah and Haaland. And I could do that, but then I have to then start, because I have to have a major reconstruction of my team, I'd literally have to start bringing in basically bench fodder in two or three spots to be able to afford that. So that my next transfers will be focused on bench fodder across the, yeah. across the Christmas period, which doesn't make any sense. So although I think Salah is a better option than Sun, um, yeah. And he always has been in FPL, let's be fair. Son's been fantastic, Salah's been fantastic. But Salah is on another level to Son in mm. general over his entire career and, and as a fantasy player. Um, it's it's the question of money, isn't it? So Salah costs that much more. So it comes back to that captaincy thing for me. That's why I'm taking Salah out. I, do I expect him to score really well and do fantastic? Of course I do, like absolutely. But if I'm not really going to be handing in the armband and it's going to be going to Haaland over that period, yeah. then I feel like Son makes up for that because mm-hmm. the, the difference in price. So I'm happy to hold Son. You know, for most people who are on on both, um, yeah, if you can hold Sun, I would say you probably still want to do that, in my opinion, for now at least. I think the games are okay. Like losing Madison is a bit of a big deal in terms of their creativity, but I would not be surprised if it makes it work because midfielders up front on penalties, we think, you know, they can they can just come out of nowhere and yeah, um, yeah. I, I would I would still want to be on him. I mean, if we go three or four games and. You know, he starts coming off in the 70th minute. They're not creating any chances or whatever. Then fair enough. You can say, okay, there's enough of a reason here with the players missing that I'm going to take that that gamble. But um, yeah, it would take a lot for me to get to that point. And I, I would want to hold him because I think he is still one of the best picks in the game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose maybe I'm writing too much about the the lack of Madison impact. But then it, it's it's not that me sitting here thinking, and I think it's the same for people. It's the same when people sold Haaland, right? People are not selling Haaland because they think Haaland is a bad pick. They think they can do more with the money than they could with Haaland over the fixtures that he had. I'm not selling, considering selling Son because I think he's a bad pick. I think maybe the options I can have and what it allows me to do with my yeah. team elsewhere is, is better. So... For me, there are like six midfielders that I'd re- that I really want, which are Salah and Buemo, Saka, Palmer, Son, and then Bowen. Given we're we're taking this as an assumption that Bowen is fine, if he's not fine, then that would you know rule him out. But those are the six that I've got, and it's it's just deciding which of them to to go without. Bowen is the one in the list without penalties, so maybe that reduces his appeal a little bit, but. He's been very consistent, even since before everyone was buying him. Start of the season, he performed very well, and he's at a cheaper price. And Son is the second most expensive in the list outside of outside of Salah. So that's part of the reason that I'm I'm considering it. It just allows me to do a little bit more. It's not that I think he's a bad he's a bad option. Yeah, yeah. of course. And then throw Eze in there. I would as well as maybe another one where because he's only six point one. Yeah. Um, you know, making that saving from whichever midfielder you pick not to go with and then going with an SA instead. Mm. Like you're probably saving yourself a decent amount of money there, which you can you can use to improve your squad over that period as well. Yeah. So that is another option. Like you you cannot have everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like well, you can't have six midfielders full stop. So unless you can cheat the game. So yeah. you can have to you can have to drop one of them. Exactly. Um yeah, I don't think there's any right or wrong ways here. That that's the beauty of it. I think um, you know, you can go down any of those routes, and I don't think anyone can make a strong enough case to say that you've made the wrong decision. Like all of those midfielders look really good to me. Yeah. So 
yeah. see Out, what happens. Outside of, I suppose, the top seven on this list then, is, is Eze the one that stands out for you that would be the next best? As a Chelsea fan, I, I, I'm a little bit interested by Sterling when the fixtures start to turn. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it instead of Palmer. It would be as an addition. But 6.9 is a you know a pretty comparable price to someone like Mbwemo. The fixtures are there. He doesn't blank, of course, in, in 18. I, I quite like him as a bit of a differential. It's probably not something I'd do. But it feels like, for me, Eze and Sterling are probably the two on here that I'd look at as the next best. Yeah, I think Sterling from 16, like the game where yeah. they, they play Everton, Sheffield, Wolves, Crystal Palace, Luton, Fulham, like that is a really good run. Then they play yeah. Liverpool, then it's Wolves Palace. Like that run is fantastic. And we're going to see a lot of people triple up on Chelsea over that period. And Sterling's definitely in the frame. Um, mm. It will just come down to, um, you know, we, because there's so many good midfielders, maybe we have to use the Chelsea spots in in goalkeeper or defence or yeah. even in Kunku up front or something instead. But Sterling will be a great pick for them. There's another one that I think maybe goes a little bit under the radar just because the fixtures are so good. And that's Pereira. He's not even on this list. Mm. You know, he was fantastic last yeah. season. Um, it's just It's just simply because he's like 5.4. He's so cheap. Like you, you wouldn't pick him over Palmer, like no doubt. But if you wanted to be different, like they play Wolves at home, Forest at home, West Ham at home, Burnley at home in the next like sort of five, six, and then a Bournemouth away is in there as well. Mm. Um, he's on penalties as far as we know, because he was last season. And Mitrovic, when Mitrovic wasn't there and obviously he's not there now. Um, my only worry with him is he's been coming off like quite early sometimes, yeah. like 70th, 80th minute. So his minutes haven't been fantastic, no. but as like a completely outside punt mm. Pereira I think might be all right but there's literally no re- no case I can make to pick him over the options you've already said well this is it it's like we spoke about this Palmer kind of makes the 6.5 or under midfield bracket very small yeah, it feels redundant. like because like the only one under 6.5 that I'd even consider going for over him is probably Eze but I'm not even sure I'd like I do that for the next three but then after that like when the Chelsea fixtures it feels like mm he makes the whole bracket feel kind of redundant at the moment because of how good he's looked, the Chelsea data, the fixtures, and the fact that he's on penalties as well. It just makes, under like Mbwemo and Sterling, if you don't have the money for them now, it's just like, just buy, just buy Palmer. It doesn't feel like there needs to be that much more of that, unless you want a short-term punt on Eze. Mm. I suppose Gordon's there as well. The games are still fine, still probably yeah. going to be playing all the games, but... He doesn't feel quite as good as, as those options just because of no, you know, not having the set pieces, basically. Yeah. Um, I guess Harvey Barnes is back soon, although I don't think he'll he'll necessarily replace him. In fact, I don't think that will happen at all, but maybe for one game. Yeah, I posted that on Twitter when there was news of Barnes coming back and it was there was very much like Harry, you don't know what you're talking about. Barnes won't replace Gordon. Gordon's been so good for them. So it might be a, an addition or a you know, one of those midweek games, right? But you know, Gordon's yeah, it would just be like players. a random midweek game. Maybe, yeah. he, maybe he gets missing. But he might just go out to right wing. Who knows? Yeah, he, He's still a fine pick, but he, he's in that bracket below the ones we've just said, I think. Mm. Well, at least he is for me. Um, but if you've got him in your team, there's no reason to sell him. I still think he's a really no. good hold. To no, true. One final one on this list before we go on to our teams is a player who, again, it's like one of those players that we look at and he scores points every year and that we'll never buy him. And that is Decore, um, 5.5. But again, he's in that sort of Palmer price bracket that you're just not going to buy over him. He'll probably score, you know, 10 goals like he did last year or whatever, but we just will never end up owning him. Um, Everton's data is actually much better than I thought it would when I start running these tables. Um, I think they rank, where are they on? Let me get, 
top attacks up. So they're just behind Spurs for expected goals so far this season and actually above West Ham and United and Wolves and Palace who we are all buying attackers from. But yeah, it just feels like... The only thing I'll say on that, a lot of that is from set plays. Yeah. So if you look at their XG open play, it's like barely mid-table. Whereas if you look at set plays, it's only second behind Brentford. So a lot of that has come from set pieces. And I don't know how much for Decore, I haven't watched him close enough, is a threat from set pieces. Mm. But... um, yeah, uh, I would suggest a lot of a lot of that is yeah. this kind of narrative in the fact that their set plays have been very good, and we know set plays like team. There are teams that are good at, good at set plays, and some that aren't that good. But we know that um, that often flip flops all the time on season on season. So it's not something you can you can hang yeah. your hat on and say like the, the this team will definitely score five goals from a set pieces. You, you even get someone as good as say a Ward Prowse at delivery, and then West Ham with like loads of big players in the team think oh they're definitely going to score lots from yeah. from open play. Um, but it doesn't always work out that way. You mm-hmm. know. There's a lot of luck based in that. Yeah, true. He's got 0.47 XGI per 90 so far this season, which is not bad. But again, yeah, it's in that bracket, which makes him makes him quite hard to pick. So just before we do our teams, the Soros, the question we asked last week, if you were on wildcard, so it didn't require the restructure that you need this season, if you were wildcarding over the international break, presumably you'd have five midfielders. Where Which, which of them are you, would you be going with? I... I mean, Embuemo and Palmer feel like locks to me. Bowen would probably still be in there, dependent on his injury. But I'd have to drop one of Salah, Saka, Son, and, and Bowen. I think. Yeah, that's tough. I, I I would actually probably have three forwards at the moment, but that's because I believe in okay. Darwin and I can use him to bench him. But mm. um, that I'm probably a minority there. Um, so I would actually include Eze, and I would probably drop either Saka or Bowen. Mm. And I don't know which one it would be in order to afford a, a stronger team elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I suppose Saka uh, just allows you a little bit more, but some of those fixtures they've got coming up. But then, you know, they had Sheffield United, right? And they had Burnley and he didn't punish me nearly as much as I I thought he would. He has the ability to, of course. But yeah, that feels like the question. I mean, it's just what allows you to do how far up you need to go. Because, I mean, yeah. I just think what I can do without Son is is really nice. It allows me to fix a lot of those defensive issues, but he's probably a better option than both Saka and Bowen at the moment. We'll see how they get on against Villa. I think, you know, I'm not going to sell him this week. I definitely want to see how he plays in, in a fixture like that, which I think is quite suited to him as well. But yeah, feels like the big question this week of what people are trying to build towards. Yeah, and it very much comes down to what team you've got and, and where, where you can afford to make those moves. Yeah. That's why it's a hard question to answer because I haven't looked at a wildcard team. Like I say that mm. now, but until I've actually sat down and worked out what my wildcard team would be, um, I wouldn't fully know the answer. Um, I don't think anyone would. I mean, are people wildcarding this week? I suppose there's probably some some people out there, but. Yeah, probably not um, loads. Probably, probably not loads. No. I think it's just the grass isn't always greener. That's all I'll say. So if you're looking at your team and like, you think, oh, that player's okay. I'd like this player. He, he's probably a little bit better. Like mm-hmm. if it's not an easy move, you don't need to worry because the picture changes so quickly. And yeah. like this, just this week we get Bowen, you know, potentially he's out injured. You know, this week we might learn that, um, you know, Sun is coming off on the 70th minutes again, because he's picked up something because he had a little bit of a knock, didn't he? For, um, yeah. for a career. Um, you know, and, and Spurs looks terrible and then things things change again. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of sit on your hands, I guess. The week after an international break, like we all look forward to FPL coming back, but quite often they end up being yeah. a little bit all over the place, a little mm-hmm. bit disappointing. So, yeah, we'll see. Cool. 
So we've got up on screen now our teams for next week. Um, we'll let you go go first. Any initial thoughts on on what you're thinking for next week? Nice to see that you're you're taking the punt on Archer home to Bournemouth. If you, presumably if we got news that Darwin was going to start, would you start him, or is is Archer for that fixture just one you want to take a punt on? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, if we got a leak that Darwin is definitely starting that game, I even though it may not even make sense because I, I I do follow review and expected value and, and Archer is, yeah. is actually above Darwin at the moment, I would still probably do it just for the fact that I would absolutely hate myself if I finally benched the haul that Darwin ended up getting. And I know it's unlikely that he gets yeah. that haul away to Man City, but to have had him in my team all this time playing in all those games and then him not really get the rewards and then to put him on the bench yeah. and then in return would, would absolutely devastate me mentally. Yeah. So I think if I got the league that he was starting, um given how good his, his numbers are, I, I would I would play him over Archer. I mean what's the mm. if Archer scores a goal and gets bonus. That's happened to me a couple of times this season already where he's been on my bench. It's not the yeah. end of the world. Like that's what I'll do. But otherwise Archer's in, yeah. Transfer wise? Um I've already done it. So cash to Walker. Uh, I didn't, this is the first early transfer I've done all season, but the only reason I've done it is first of all, like I've got a relatively strong 15 that will at least play. And second of all, looking at my, my plan to get, uh, as I keep saying, to get Harlan back in 16 um, with a swapsy, uh, it it doesn't work because of Palmer's keeps going up in price. So if I don't, if I didn't sell cash for Walker because cash was due a drop this week, I couldn't take the chance. Yeah. I, like it hasn't happened, but a couple of days ago, he was like above 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's he? been up. I've been watching it because I've got him and he's been up above. He's been like right there every day and he still hasn't dropped. Yeah. So I wouldn't recommend, like I never do the early transfer no. thing, but literally because I would not be able to afford getting Harlan in 16, which was a like a no, that's definitely like not happening. I have to have that happen. Yeah. Um, I had to sell cash for, for someone and I like Walker's games from now including the double um, for a little while around that 5 million buck a player. I think is going to play most of the games he's played. I think it's 12, 90 minutes so far. Yeah. Um, seems to go under the radar, you know, can play in some games as a right winger as well, even though the numbers aren't good. Um, you know, just being in that position possibly gives him a chance in some games. Mm. So uh, it's a player no one else is talking about and I like to be a little bit different. So yeah. I thought I'll get him in um, and that just keeps me within <laughs> being able to afford Harlan. So Straight away, obviously, the first time I do that, Bowen goes and gets an injury on international, but I knew what we're signing up for, so hopefully it'll be okay. But if not, um, I'll just have to play Darwin or Trent or LaSalle yeah. or something like that. So your plan is Salah, Archer, presumably, to Palmer, Matt Holland then? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. So that, that's the move that I'll be able to do it. So it allows me to keep Darwin and Watkins across that period mm-hmm. and then not free hit in 18 um, and still have Sun, Watkins and all the good players that are in 18. That's yeah. the theory anyway. Nice. Just, 20s. just yeah. yeah. It is 18 the blank, yeah. Yeah, 18 so. to blank. Um on on Trent, how how are you feeling about him? Of course, like when I look at this, I think at some point Trent to Trippier will be something that I'd consider. I know the fixture's short term better from Liverpool, so you wouldn't do it now, but I suppose if you needed to free up some money, that would help. Yeah, that was gonna be that was gonna be something I was even possibly gonna do this week. It's just that um, with Liverpool's fixtures being so good, yeah, the fact that I, I mean, I got in Trent, and I, my plan was to hold him until until the point when I no longer lead him, which was a couple of weeks down, and ride these really good fixtures. So if I suddenly jump off, you know, before the really good fixtures start coming in, I've only got myself to blame there. So although it has been pretty underwhelming, and I don't, I don't think he is actually worth that money. Um, 
the fact that he's, you know, you, you've got that debate most weeks now with Simicast, where is he going to play? Is he not? Whereas with Trent, yeah. I'm pretty confident he is going to play. Yeah. So at least I've got that. Um, you know, I think I've been a little bit hard done by. He's got a lot of assists and stuff in 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 Europe when he's played, and we all know that historically, at least his date is fantastic. Yes, the boss lies there, takes some some set pieces, and he's not as good as what he was. But I think over this period, uh, if I sell him, I've only got myself to blame basically with these games coming up. So I'm going to ride it out. And then, like you say, if I need to get any money from him, then I can just switch him to Trippier. I actually had Trippier. I got on Trippier earlier than than most people, right at the beginning of his good run, and I had him. And I sold him on Game Week 8 wildcard, thinking that Trent would outscore him over this period. I think it's actually still pretty close, but Trent, um, sorry, Trippier has outscored him. So in the end, that's ended up being like a mm-hmm. me trying to be too clever move. I should have just held him, but yeah. it is what it is. Cool. And captaincy is probably one of the weeks that we actually... Are talking about captaincy yours is on son mine's on harland at the moment i mean my captain's on harland my vice is on bowen and they're both flagged which fills me with a lot of confidence i think they'll be all right but yours is on son it is that high line um happy do you think it'll stay there well i don't really have too many other options this is the like of my team that i've been saying has got a strong team without without harland and everything this is one of the weeks where it it doesn't look that good like this is one of the worst weeks on paper for me yeah. and i think it is for virtually everyone right because of the way the fixtures are so um yeah i don't really have any other options the other option would just be salah like if i don't do son it will be salah mm. like i don't away to man city is not a game i'd want to captain anyone but we know he has got a good record there and he's just the best player in my team outside of that like i, I wouldn't do the bowen thing even though it's burnley i just don't have enough faith in a player who doesn't well first of all he might not play because he's not but because he doesn't have set pieces and penalties he hasn't got that insurance yeah so yeah I'm, i mean i'm on son don't get me wrong i've had harland in my team it would be harland easily like definitely definitely would be Haaland it'll be Haaland for me and Sky for example um, but I don't have him so Sun is the option right now and unless anything changes in terms of injury that's where it will remain yeah cool so so with mine um, I mean Matoma I, Matoma will probably go this week now I have money to do either Saka or Embuemo. Um so I've got two transfers as well and quite a lot in the bank. So I can do Matoma to Saka. I can do Matoma to Mbwemo. It might just, I don't think there's that much to pick between them this week, to be honest. It might just depend on if one of them's going to rise because I'll probably buy the next one next week anyway. So yeah, mm-hmm. I want to give Diaby and Watkins that Spurs game. I'm probably going to end up keeping cash. I was going to sell cash, but I just don't have any defenders that I really want to buy this week. I could go to Saliba, but it sort of doesn't, blocks a lot of what I want to do going forward so I'll probably end up just keeping cash like even last week he the performances were there like he's getting in good position so I don't think he's just suddenly become a bad pick and I just don't see great defenses this week like even Arsenal away at Brentford I don't think is like if that's the best fixture we've got for a lot of the defenders we want to buy I think it says a lot about this week and I've already got Gabriel Concerning, again, Gabriel's minutes over the international break is always great to see with Saliba getting a nice rest for France in their 14-0 win, which is always concerning as a Gabriel owner. But I spent the first like four days of the international break trying to decide on who to sell cash for. I basically concluded that I don't think anyone's worth a transfer. So yeah, Matoma out, I think, this week, and I'll just buy Saka or Mbwema, depending on price changes. It's probably where I'm going to go. And of course, dependent on Burns Fitness. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think Cash is a fine hold. He's obviously got the Bournemouth game and he has that really nice game in 18, is it, home to Sheffield United. Yeah. Um, so he's an absolutely fine hold. Like I said, the only reason I could do it is because I literally couldn't afford Haaland if I allowed him to drop. So yeah. that's the only reason I've done it. Otherwise, I'd look to hold him as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I might just... I That was my plan, actually. I might end up holding him just all the way to 
like game week 18 when their fixtures become quite nice again. Mm. Um, Because I've got decent cover in the two weeks that I wouldn't want to play them in in City and Arsenal. But apart from that, the fixtures are not bad. And who knows what's going to happen in that Villa Spurs game at the weekend. Yeah. And using transfers on cheap, cheapish defenders every other week. And that's kind of the thing that happens when you have Salah and Haaland. I've noticed that people have to keep making chop and change and moves there. It doesn't feel great, but... um, Mm. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, where do the clean sheets even come this week that you'd want to move to? Is it, yeah. it's hard to pick a game out, right? I think I think Porro is one of the better players to pick, but then we just discussed Spurs are potentially very weakened with the fact mm. that they haven't got their first choice centre back. So I think Porro being like a mini Trippier at home, Trippier and Porro are probably amongst the two best you can have, and yeah. most people have got those players in their team already or close. Yeah, so it's not really anywhere else to go at the moment. Exactly, and I'm not, you know. I- I can't afford Trippier and I've got Livermento at least it's going to start this week so it could be worse I posted it on YouTube actually like asking people to try and predict two clean sheets this week and the answers I got were just like people like oh Bournemouth and Fulham and I was just like what this is the whole case and point of why we don't have any defenders mm. to buy this week because maybe you go Palace but Palace are way at Luton it's I don't even love that that much. Yeah, either. and then their run starts to get bad, doesn't it? Yeah. So I think it's more, if you are going to use a transfer defender, for me, it would either be, well, first of all, try and save if you can, but if you can't, it's more look for the little bit future, which is yeah. probably Chelsea. Chelsea. So it's probably look, yeah, looking at which Chelsea defender you want, um, you know, be that, whether you're looking to take that plunge on James or Colwell, probably the, the two standout options. And then, yeah, if you're at a position where you've got two free transfers and you have to use one, then just bring in one of those in and even benching them this week might might make more sense, like long term. Yeah, I, I was going to do Colwell, but I'm again a little bit cold feet on on him with how Kukure has been playing. And just with the amount of fixtures we have over Christmas, am I certain that Colwell is going to play all of them at left back? I'm not that certain. Like, I've been very harsh on Kukure as a Chelsea fan, but looking at his performances recently... And the way that he helps us to quickly build an attack, when we have fixtures that we've got, maybe he's more suited to that than than Colwell. And he only... Kukurea played City because Colwell was out injured, but he has done a pretty decent job when he's come in over the past few weeks. That it, Colwell was the one I was going to go to and I was going to do cash to Colwell this week and just bench him. But I'm a little bit more concerned and I'm now favouring actually just going and buying Sanchez. It feels like by far the safest the safest pick. Yeah. Uh, James is, yeah, another one. I don't know if I, I don't know if I risk it yet. Uh, feel like we say this every time just before everyone buys him and then it goes horribly wrong and then we say we'll never buy him again and then, and then it comes around to him starting again and we, we will end up buying him. But yeah, I'll keep an eye on James but I think it's a bit too soon for me to go on on him and I've got too much doubt about Colwell at the moment. Yeah, no, that's fair. Cool. Um, so what time is it? We've got we've gone just over the hours. We will do one or two questions before we wrap up. So if you just want to put your questions in the chat, which is now up on stream, and we'll get to a couple of those, um, and we will uh, get to those just before we do that. There's no a few questions in the chat about the status of KDB. I remember seeing that it was better than they first thought, but I feel like we don't have a any sort of timing on him. No, but. I mean, I know everyone loves him as a player and I absolutely love De Bruyne, but to me, he's just not a fantasy pick. No. Like, I know we're all looking for shiny new toys and I don't yep. doubt he can come back and turn out a few assists, but you can... The minutes are going to be hard. They're going to be managed at the begin with, I would suggest, when he first come back. More likely saved, I would guess, for Champions League games when they're later mm. on. Like, if anything, you know, if there's anyone who's going to get a benching in and around the Champions League, he's probably primed for it, especially yep. when you consider how well Alvarez is playing and trusted. Yeah. 
Like, I just don't think he's a pick. Uh, how, how much is he? He's quite he's, expensive. He's very expensive. I suppose it's more his impact on the others that are in there than him yeah, himself. Yeah, well, that, that, that's fair. Like, he, he, yeah, he's no doubt that he can, he's he can 10. find 2. passes that no one else can. It's just too much. Yeah. For a player you can't guarantee he's playing, doesn't take penalties. Yeah. And it might take some set pieces, but... Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I could eat my words. He's one of my favourite players of all time, but I don't think he's a fantasy pick, unfortunately, anymore at that yeah. price. Cool. Um... Outside of midfielders, um, defensively, a few questions about Eight Nori. Um, his data's really good. And when you look at where he's positioning, he does look not mm. bad. He's one of those ones that if you are looking for a cheap defender, I can't put you off it. There's not loads to write home about in that bracket. Um, so I quite like it. His positioning, the manager's spoken highly of him as well. I quite like it as a punt. Uh, I, you know, don't bring him in expecting the world from him. They've not had the best defensive record so far this season but his attacking data is there yeah i agree with everything you just said i can't really add anything i think he's a fine pick but yeah um maybe not not one that you have to emergency mm-hmm. jump on or anything it's just the whole fact of him playing left wing you expect he could he can occasionally get you an attacking return which is fair he does, i mean he looks a really handy player ever since he came to the league i've always thought he looks pretty good yeah. offensively um yeah so he's, he's a fine pick yeah especially while hugo bueno's out as well which just means less risk on that side for him as well um mm. one final one where was it uh oh i mean one on when do we expect to get double game week 20 confirmed so i mean we don't really know there's I hope that ben... they have said just bef- there's like a good chance it's before game week 14 yeah he said may i think maybe i'm wrong but i thought he said in the group chat maybe we would find out during the international break which i don't okay. know if it means this one so maybe we would find out well, within this period or okay. at least um fairly soon yeah um, i asked him and he said there's about 50 50 chance it comes before the game week 14 window when we plan on buying in Buemo. so right. maybe there's more that was a while ago though so maybe more has changed but hopefully over the next couple of weeks before game week 14 when a lot of us plan on buying him but he's still mm. a good asset even if they don't double i think yeah i agree with that um, what is the extra game, by the way? Is Brentford Man City? It is, game, it is it? City, right? So I mean, yeah. So that's exactly it. So I mean, if he doesn't end up getting the double, probably lost two points off of that. It's yeah. not. It's not the end of the world. No. Cool. And one the final will one. Still come in the future Sorry, at some point. Yeah. Well, exactly. It'll, it'll, but yeah. it's then it will come after Afcon, right? So it might. True. 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 But yeah, if if you're only buying him because he might have a double, which includes Man City, then. I, I feel like that shouldn't be the breaking point of whether you buy him. No. One final one then on goalkeepers. So I've had a monumental one goalkeeper return so far this season, as I think most (laughs) people have. And I actually think all the three goalkeepers that I've owned so far this season have all outscored the amount of points that I've got from goalkeepers so far this season. Um, By rotating. By rotating. So I did Turner, Pickford, and then Ariola Turner, and I have one clean sheet. Um, I mean, I do think you keep Ariola, but I am really looking at Sanchez from their fixtures in about game week 16 or so. I just, they rotate quite well. I, I'm going to keep doing it, I think. Just because Ariola is so cheap, I just feels makes sense to have him as a backup. But I do quite like Sanchez. The other one is, is Raya, just going to what is statistically one of the best defences in the league with a cheaper who's 4.9. He's going up, but they're probably the two that I look at. If you can stretch to... Raya, I like him. If not, Sanchez at 4-6 is, 
is a nice buy, I think. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I've also got one goalkeeper return, and that was from Raya. I got Raya in game week eight, and I would say, if anything, I made you feel better there because I've spent more money on my goalkeepers, and I've ended up with the same amount of crap despite him looking really good. I mean, home yeah. to Sheffield United. I mean, that that really hurt. That was yeah. a in there. I think he was in the bonus at that point as well. Um, yeah, so goalkeepers have been a nightmare all season, but I agree Sanchez and Ray are probably the two best. I think Leno short-term looks pretty good as well, and maybe yeah. even long-term, just because he's He's just a bonus king, isn't he, at 4.5? I mm. think that's fine. But those are the three I'd want. I, I really didn't want to have to play Areola every week, but this week I can't play Raya, of course, because he's playing against yeah. um, Brentford. So I'll be on the Areola train this week as well and be looking forward to my one or two points. <laughs> Great. Leno's up to 4.7 now, so I suppose he's more than Sanchez. It's the only thing now, but it does get you out sooner, the, the Areola pain. Um, I On that 3 o'clock game, so I, I didn't have, who was it, Saka... So I Raya's four nine. Sorry, he's not four seven. It's four nine. Who Leno? Uh, Raya. Oh, oh you said yeah. Raya. Oh, you meant Leno. Okay. Raya is four nine. Sanchez uh, Leno's four seven now. Um, right, right, Yeah, right. those games were on at three o'clock, and I didn't own um, Saka, so I was and I was out. So I was like, just no one tell me the scores. Like I don't want to know them. It will ruin my mood. They'll score four. Saka will be involved in them all. And then I checked, and it turns out Saliba was the one who. Um, was joining it but I was so surprised to see that Sheffield United scored in that game I really thought that was a when I saw Gabriel starting I thought I might finally get some defensive points but no clean sheets are very difficult to predict this season yeah it's Burnley as well I keep saying Sheffield United but it's last week Burnley that was the, the killer as well sorry it's not Sheffield United oh yeah Burnley they kept a clean sheet against Sheffield United didn't they yeah they did that yeah, was their one totally mixed. They're both, yeah. sorry to Sheffield United and Burnley fans I kind of just grouped them as, as one <laughs> just right down the bottom just yeah, no interest in their players, unfortunately. Outside of Archer, of course, that I might have to play this week. Yeah, there's definitely <laughs> worse picks because the goal that Brighton, the own goal last week, if Webster doesn't score the own goal, Archer's there to tap it in at the far post. So if that goes in, I think suddenly more people are wanting to start. That would be nine pointers almost back-to-back for Archer and suddenly people would be going, oh, Bournemouth and Burnley in the next two, let's play him. I don't think he's a bad option at all. If any of those flagged players like Bowen like Harland, etc., turn out to be unavailable. I don't, I think just play Archer. I wouldn't ever, you know, I think it's perfect this week that we've got him as a strong first sub. Yeah, that's fine. It'd be, I think the other thing that was in Archer's favour is we thought maybe he gets penalties, right? And then mm-hmm. Bernie got injured as well, maybe, but I think Norwood takes them, doesn't he? If that's right. Yeah, Norwood, I don't know whether the fact that that was, I think Norwood will probably keep them, but the fact that it was game, I don't know if there's any game state that comes into that, it being 90, you know, seven minutes and he, them to get like their first win of the season. I don't know whether that comes into the fact that Norwood took it, the mentality part over giving it to a youngster like Archer, whether it's different, but yeah, you'd have to assume that it's not him now. Yeah. But he's cool. 4.5, so. Well, exactly. Exactly. Cannot complain at all. Cool. So that is all. Thank you very much for spending your Monday lunchtime with me, Luke. Um, yeah, appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed yourself and I hope the second half of your season, well, now till Christmas goes as well as your 30k rank would suggest the start of your season has gone. Thanks, mate. Yeah, same to you. I hope it goes really well. Like I say, this is the period we've all been looking forward to. I'm just about to start. Uh, Going to be relentless. Yeah. So, yeah, the only thing to take from it, I think, for anyone who's watching is just, like, don't beat yourself up too much. Mm. <laughs> like, there's not, there's not, it's not as much in your control as you think it is. You know, yeah. Just try and get that strong, stronger team as you can across all the, all your players and you have to kind of just almost cross your fingers and hope for the best. Cool. Thanks, everyone. I'll be back with Andy next Monday. Um, 
and yeah, we'll be picking apart what was game week 13 when it happens and looking ahead to game week 14. Thanks, everyone. See ya.